Hi, folks. My name is Girish Bally, the host for Back to Basics, another Back to Basics for another week. Today, we're going to be talking about, hmm, we're going to be talking about the weakness. We're going to talk about self-care. We're going to talk about self-learn. We're going to talk about toxic. We're talking about positivity. Those are the words that we're using today in this episode. So why is that needed? Well, we'll figure that out when we get into the episode today. And the person that we're going to speak with is Rachel. Just spoke with her a few minutes ago, and she understands my process. She understands what this whole Back to Basics is all about. And I'm glad and very fortunate that she is here on my platform. And we'll discuss about the stuff that we just talked about a few minutes ago. So, Rachel, how are you? And thanks for coming on uh, Back to Basics. Thank you so much, Girish. It's really lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. So before we get into the details of what you do, what you don't do, and all the stuff that I've talked about earlier today, uh, what does Back to Basic mean to you? Back to Basic means to me, um, weeding through all of the stuff that we don't need anymore so that we can live the kind of life we were put here to live. You know, you used the word toxic just a minute ago, and somehow in our lives, we end up with a lot of toxicity, some of which we didn't really bring on ourselves, but we've kind of had to move through. And so going back to basics means stripping all that away so with, that we can really connect with our, our true self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rachel, thank you. Thank you again for, for all that. And thank you for coming on the show Definitely honored for, for you to be here. You know, the, the word that I, I've used uh, earlier today, I've, I've used self-care and toxic, right? And it seems like we're doing less of that, or are we doing more of that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, we have to look at a timeline, right? Are we doing less or more compared to what timeline? You know, um, there have been certainly times in history where it was all about self-care and indulgence and things like that. Uh, but but I think that self-care has become more of a focus now, um, especially since the pandemic. Hmm. We were all kind of sent to our collective rooms to think about what we've done you know, during the lockdown. <laughs> and, and a lot of people have been able to recognize that the way that they were living prior was sort of like sleepwalking through their lives. Get up in the morning, get dressed, you know, go to your work and you don't even maybe like your job. And then you come home and you don't have time to spend with your family. So when we were all kind of asked to be at home, uh, we started to realize a lot of us, not all of us, certainly, uh, that we um, there's more to life than just kind of sleepwalking through our scheduled day. And to began to realize that um, I need to take care of myself a little more. And we've seen, you know, so many people quitting jobs that weren't serving them anymore, even if that meant they weren't bringing in the income that they used to have, because our hearts, our souls are so much more important to us. So, so yeah, self-care, self-care doesn't just mean going to a spa or taking a bath or right. taking a walk. It means how are you talking to yourself? You just spoke about self-talk and that's also the name of my podcast, which is Self-Talk with Rachel Astarte. So how we speak to ourselves is so important because that is also, I would say the most important form of self-care. Mm. That's, that's the dialogue going on in our heads all the time. Mm. We're making decisions about how to take the next step. So it's really important for us to be gentle with ourselves and kind to ourselves. Mm. 
Rachel, thank you. Thank you again for that. You know, let me ask you this quick question here. Do you think, um, I guess we'll take as a, as a COVID as a situation, but I rather think in a different way out of the box. Do you think that we're listening more versus, versus not listening as what we used to back in the days? What are, what are your thoughts on that? To listening? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. Listening what to each other, to ourselves, to the world around us? I, you know what I've noticed is that now that people are getting into the podcast world and they're getting into the radio world, they're getting into the listening mode, right? And it seems like they're listening a lot and learning a lot versus listening and just leaving it out the other year. What yeah. Do you yeah, it's supply and demand, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's a, a lot of people. We're at a very important juncture in humanity right now you know it's um it's time for us to to evolve really mm -hmm. evolve the way that we um show up in the world and and begin to be be more of a community than just sort of looking out for yourself and mm -hmm. so i think podcasting and people are, are reaching out in a way to say are there more people who think like me right and and can i can i learn from other people, especially because of the pandemic and, and the lockdowns and all that, we got very isolated. And so to be able to tune into a podcast like yours and say, let me let me learn from other people since I'm not going out into the world, mm -hmm. you know, and, and interacting with people. And what's so beautiful about podcasting is there's so much out there and you can decide what areas of my life do I need improvement? Mm -hmm. And 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 what, what are these professionals offering me? And then you can decide, does that sit with me well? Do I do, I, I like some of it, but I don't want to keep all of it. And it's such, it, it puts everyone in such an empowered place. I think. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Rachel, for answering that question. Self-criticism and self-love. Hmm. What are the differences for you? Yeah, so... That's such a great question. <laughs> How do I dive in? <laughs> so self so we can be critical of ourselves. We can be critical and say, like, I don't like how I handled that argument with my partner. Right. Mm -hmm. We can say, I don't think I, I was I was nurturing and caring in that. So you can criticize yourself, but that's also a form of self-love. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I I want to be the kind of partner where I'm not calling my partner names or acting out of anger or whatever. So we can be critical and be acting out of self-love. But I think what you're referring to is more uh, just kind of beating up on ourselves, right? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You don't, you know, you're not pretty enough or handsome enough, or you're not making enough money or you're not successful. These are self-criticisms that uh, that are contained. They don't help you to evolve. Mm -hmm. They just they just burn you out. Mm -hmm. right? So how might we apply self-love to those kinds of statements? Remember, all self-criticism in one form or another is trying to help you improve mm -hmm. because it's saying, well, you're not doing this thing right. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that's where we stop. We go, yeah, you suck. You know what I mean? Okay. Instead of saying, okay, um, I didn't, I didn't uh, express myself really well at that last board meeting. Mm. So let's see, how can I do that differently next time? That's self-love. You take mm. it to 
to the next level and you say, not that I'm a bad speaker or not that I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm not ready because that's imposter syndrome, right? It was like, I'm not, I, I haven't stepped up into enough power to have this position. You say, well, how can I improve? That's mm. a form of self-love. It's like, okay, I didn't do it well that time, but what do I need to improve myself so that I can continue on the path that I chose? Yeah, so thank, thank you again. You know, there has been situations, and I'll give you an example. There's a person that uh, I was reading some article. Uh, he's doing his inner soul uh, searching. Mm -hmm. And what he has figured out is after so many years of corporate life, he's quit his corporate life, mm -hmm. and he went to his inner journey uh, for himself. And within those five years, he got divorced, now he's leaving he's leading his inner life right now and he's enjoying his life mm -hmm. is that considered um critical to his spouse because a spouse couldn't understand or is it all totally self-care in this whole journey well obviously i don't know the details of the divorce so it's hard to to make a blanket statement but when one is feeling called to move along one's journey mm -hmm. that has to happen Right. That happens to, you know, and we all at some point or most of us at some point have that wake up call. Hmm. Now, one of and, and I see this in, in my couples therapy with with my patients and also with individuals. When we wake up, a lot of things have to shift hmm. uh, the way we speak to ourselves, the way we speak to others, the things that we surround ourselves with. And sometimes our partners um, don't understand right. what's going on. Right. And um, but sometimes they do, you know, sometimes they say, oh, you're going through this experience. I love you. I support you. I may not understand it, but I support you in your journey. And what and ideally that spouse also is going on their own journey. Hmm. And it, again, may be different from their husband or their wife or whatever, you know, or partner in general. Mm -hmm. So in this case your friend had to go on this journey hmm. and it really isn't his responsibility to bring his spouse along. That's right. Right. So, but if, if she was not able to meet him where he is and they had to separate, this happens sometimes, you know, hmm. the, the, hmm. the important point is to separate as lovingly and compassionately as possible. Hmm. So that there isn't any murkiness as you go along your path. And, and sometimes people do have to separate. I've, I've been through it myself. Mm. So if, if your journey is not aligned with your partner's journey and they're not willing to either support you or go on their own journey, yeah, sometimes that happens, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so thank, thank you again, Rachel, for explaining that because I want people to understand that uh, if you go through this journey, that person might not be there on your side and that's okay sometimes uh, move forward. And if they are there, that's a golden, that's a cherry on the top situation that you both are following that journey and learning from each other. So yes. um, that that's a cherry on the top situation. Mm -hmm. Self-compassion, is that considered weakness or is that considered a strength? Well, I would ask everyone listening to answer that question immediately right in themselves. Like, how do you feel in your body when you hear that? Self-compassion, is that a weakness or is that a strength? Hmm. I think a lot of people would say to be compassionate with yourself is a strength, right? Hmm. You know, to be, I can't even imagine how it would be a weakness. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss because you know, it's like, it's like when you're being compassionate with anyone, mm. right? Compassion does not have boundaries, mm. right? We need to be compassionate toward our family members, our friends, the people we work with, the, the person ahead of us um, who just cut us off in traffic, our, the animals, plants, all, you know, when we have compassion, we build up strength. And that's what happens over time is then we're, we're able to deal with conflict so much more easily when we come from a compassionate place. So I see it as, as an essential element to our individual strengths. Yeah. So if it is a strength, uh, uh, thank you again, Rachel, for answering that. But if it is a strength for self-compassion, then why people, they say that it's a self-pity or self-serving uh, situation when it comes to self Compassion. Can you explain that if you don't mind? Yeah. So, so that it would be self-serving to be compassionate to oneself. Yes. That okay. is great. Yeah. It's a great question. So, all right. So I'm send. I'm I'm working on my own self-compassion. Let's say right. So I'm I'm being gentle with myself. I'm being forgiving with myself. And someone over there says, "Oh, you're so self-absorbed. Like all oh, it's about you. It's about you." And so, but but. Here's the major difference. And this is what I write about in my book, Celebrating Solitude. When you are doing something for yourself, the mistake that a lot of people make is that they think that's where the work ends, is that it's all contained. Ah, it's all about me. It's all about my happiness. It's all about, no, the reason that we have self-compassion, the reason we build a strong foundation of self is so that we go back out into the world and share our gifts with the world. If you're only doing the one part of it, I'm doing whatever I want, whenever I want, I don't care about anyone else. Yes, that is selfish, of course, by definition, mm. right? But mm. if you're doing it properly, if you're doing self-compassion, self-care, self-love properly, the whole purpose is to recharge your battery, fill yourself with love. And as and we all know, we can never have a cap on love. Of course. Once, we have, once we have love filling us, then it starts spilling out. So you end up bringing it out into the world and you feel more grounded and you feel more peaceful and compassionate and that affects others. And that's the reason we, we do self-compassion. So it's quite the opposite of being selfish. It is, it is, yeah. So thank you again. You know, we've been using this word uh, in this episode so far uh, called self, right? And you keep on loving yourself you keep on nurturing yourself and caring yourself and uh putting a whole bunch of positivity in there making sure that your business is growing making sure that you are fitting well correctly and fitness and health and all mm -hmm. stuff right but doesn't it sound like from the other side not me but the other side uh, that you are a egotistical person it's like an oxymoron situation isn't it so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I, and this is one of my favorite um, uh, exercises I do with my patients too. Mm. So when we have a question like that, isn't it just self-serving to do, you know, and, and egotistical? And I say, so what? Answer the question. So what? So right. what if it is? Two other people, right? Remember you said that you're, you're saying the other people are looking in going, that's so egotistical. Mm. Well, um, so what? <laughs> you know what I mean, that, that, that if they think that way, that has nothing to do with you and your journey. 
this right. kind of, that kind of brings back the your friend who who got a divorce perhaps because of his journey his spouse wasn't able to understand what he was doing hmm. therefore their relationship crumbled what other people think of us is really none of our concern hmm. what matters is our devotion to our path and then remember our devotion to our path feeds the rest of the world if hmm. we're shining our light properly right hmm. so Here's compassion again. The person who says what you're doing is egotistical, we can show compassion to that person. Hmm. They may not have woken up yet. They might still be in the rat race of, I have to do these things in order to be accepted. I have to val find validation outside of myself through my boss, through my partner, through the Instagram, social media. You know, everybody else has to tell me that I'm doing the right thing. Hmm. They're looking outside of themselves Hmm. They're going to look at you who's taking on the very difficult work of self-work hmm. as that's scary. I don't want to do that. That's, you know, then yeah, that's really, I, that's I, right. I, yeah. So, so when somebody else is saying that's egotistical, it's sort of like, to me, I hear that as, okay, they're not, they're not there yet. And I give compassion to that. They're, they're not there. That's okay. But that doesn't shake me from my path because I know what my purpose is. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you again, Rachel, for explaining that. And just to be clear, uh, it was a article that I read. It's not a friend. Oh, okay, it wasn't a friend. My, my, my apologies. It's okay, that's okay. You know, um, we make a lot of mistakes in our lives. And we learn from our mistakes. And we keep on pushing ourselves to be a better person. Does that sound like that we're bringing ourselves to be a better person? Yeah, um, it, it depends on how we approach it, right? So what does it mean to be a better person? Uh, mm. You know, we always have to define our terms. What does that mean to each individual person? Because there is no one size fits all. And that's the danger of all of the social media and all the new age movements. And that you have to do this in order to be enlightened and this and that really we have to stop and, and drop into our bodies and decide for ourselves what is right for us, hmm. right? So when we make mistakes, we have to make mistakes. There is not one genius on this planet or ever in history who didn't make a mistake. You know, we, we learn from them. So when hmm. we stop seeing things as negative and positive and we see them as just part of our journey, hmm. um, we're able to to kind of strip them of of the negative self-talk part of it which is like oh i shouldn't have done that well you did so be you know put a smile on your face get back and try again yeah you know so we don't need to be so hard on ourselves and and say well this is good and this is bad hmm. yeah so thank you thank you again rachel for answering all that question but can we talk about your book if you don't mind yeah so, sure. so, so did you know, I always ask this question to all my authors, and I wanted to understand from every author because there, there's no right and wrong answer. Uh, did the title come first, or did the storyline of the book uh, came first? The storyline of the book came first. Yeah. Um, and then how did it trigger you to to come up with that story? Well, honestly, I had just I I had just come back from a, a long trip in India, and I was doing I was working for an NGO. And I was about 37 and single. 
And um, and where I was in, in India, that was like, well, you're basically dead. So, you know, if you're single at 37 and a woman, yeah, no. So, <laughs> and so I came back to New York City where I was living and I was like, oh God, what if I, you know, this is the third trip I'd taken to India. It's like my second home. So I, I um, was, I took this to heart. I was like, oh, what if I am going to be alone the rest of my life? I'm pushing 40. I'm mm. single. I have no kids. Um, and I thought, well, if that's going to be my future, I really better be okay with that. Mm. And how do I learn to be, to accept myself fully with or without a partner? Mm. And so that's, that's how celebrating solitude came to be is I sat down and I thought, okay, let me look at all of my life. And, you know, so the book is actually a guide to help you celebrate your own solitude, but it, it's a little bit of a memoir because it walks you through a, a little bit of my experiences as, as a, as a solitary person. Mm. Um, so my mother makes this joke that um, she, we, I have uh, two sisters and she likes to joke that she had three only children. <laughs> and I think that's that says a lot. You know, a lot of us are. Uh, I was very much into my solitude as a kid, so it's almost as like, yes, I played with my sisters, but mostly I really liked being alone. So, mm. what this book does is is try to um, remove the stigma of solitude because mm. we see solitude as isolation, we see solitude as a punishment or a separation from our community instead of seeing it as almost like uh, a regenerative sacred space where we can celebrate who we are and then bring that out into the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th thank you so much, Rachel, for uh, explaining that and explaining the book. And, uh, you know, I knew about the book, but I want people to understand that whole journey that you have got into, and it's not an easy life, obviously. Uh, I really don't know how you are going through that journey, but I understand that there are people like that who go through that, and uh, and it's a tough journey for sure. And that's why self-care is also definitely needed. Yeah. And that's why you created this monster for yourself and a bubble for yourself. Uh, thank you again, Rachel, for that. But before we leave today, uh, Rachel, if you don't mind, uh, you have any last words for all my Back to Basic listeners and my viewers, and how is your Back to Basic journey so far? Yeah, so um, so one of the messages that I think is so important to, to share with everybody is um, to understand how powerful you are. Each one of us was put here in this life, in this body, to do something. And you are the only person who knows what that thing is. So whatever feels right to you, whatever your journey is, celebrate it. And, and, and you have that power within you to do that. And sometimes it takes um, talking to a professional like a therapist to help remove some of those blocks, which is what I offer in, in my practice, even sometimes just for a single session with mm. me, you can break through some of those things. Mm. Um, and so, so it's really important to, to advocate for yourself, but also to recognize how important you are and how much power you actually have. Mm. Yeah. And so in terms of my back to basics journey, uh, you mean in this in this episode or in in general? General, yes. Yeah. 
it's always a pleasure, Girish, to be able to speak about things that I love and that I think will will help people. And and the more I get to do that on beautiful platforms like yours, yours here, I'm I'm always so grateful. So thank you. Yeah, Rachel, thank you, thank you again for coming on the show and supporting me on this small podcast of mine, and and spreading the the word out there that self care in this episode is the honestly the awesomest thing in the world and it's not a bad thing so just keep on doing what you're doing and uh, thank you again for coming here my pleasure thank you thank you so guys we talked about the toxic world that we live in how self-care is so damn important in our lives and and it's not an ego thing honestly if people they think ego thing is a bad thing let them think that because you know what you come first now, as usual, as always, there is a quote of the day, and hopefully Rachel will like this quote. The quote is, beauty is how you feel inside, and it reflects in your eyes. It is not something physical. Now, that's what we are talking about, just taking care of yourself, and that's the main thing. Now, as usual, as always, what do we always say at the end of the episode? Everything in life goes back to basics, and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care. God bless. And keep on commenting on all my episodes because it helps me day by day, week by week, by listening to you guys. And as usual, as always, there are three things in every episode, including this one, according to me, that is, that is always a hit, which is the content, the guest, and definitely the host. Guys, take care. God bless. And I will see you next time on Back to Basics. Take care. God bless. Next week's episode on back to basics you know like mm. you said there's no other way of putting it getting getting back to what what matters yeah yeah thank you thank you again uh, amanda for answering that question and thanks for again for coming on the show and supporting me and uh, supporting this whole uh, mission that i have for my podcast oh, i'm looking forward to being part of it thank you you know when i heard this this word or this phrase that you or phrase that you told me you said granny dumping, and I didn't understand what that is. But then when I start looking around and sneaking around and researching.